from the newsrooms of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, this is Please Explain. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris. It's Tuesday, December 12th. For decades, radio broadcaster Alan Jones was king of the airwaves. Often using a bullying and vitriolic tone on his show, he held powerful figures up to scrutiny. And even while rumors about questionable behavior towards young men swirled over the years, Alan Jones remained one of the most influential and feared figures in the country. Now, a major investigation can reveal allegations that Jones used his position of power to prey on a number of young men, allegedly indecently assaulting, groping, or inappropriately touching them without their consent. Jones has strenuously denied the allegations. Today, Chief Investigative Reporter Kate McClyman on her years-long investigation into Alan Jones and what it says about our wider culture that he's being held to account now. So, Kate, can you begin by telling me who is Alan Jones? Because a lot of people would know him as the famous pugnacious broadcaster who at one time was the most famous and powerful in the country. But he's actually had a very unusual and varied career. So I was wondering if you could start by telling me about his early years and his attempts at getting into politics. Well, Alan Jones came from a small town called Oakey in Queensland and a fairly working class family. But Alan was obviously a bright kid and, you know, received a good education. And in his mid-20s, he then went to Sydney's The King's School at Parramatta, you know, very prestigious private school, where at the age of 26, he was the head of English. But the interesting thing was that while he was there and also while he was in Brisbane, he was also coaching rugby. Now, Alan himself was a former champion tennis player. So it's interesting that, um, you know, his interest in rugby has been a dominant theme of his life. And as we know, in later years, he actually went on to be the national coach of our rugby team, the Wallabies. He also coached rugby league. He coached Balmain Tigers. After leaving Kings, he went to work as a speechwriter for the Liberal Prime Minister, Malcolm Fraser. And not long after that, he tried to get pre-selection for the seat of Eden Monero. And he applied as a member of the country party, which is now the National Party. Now, he didn't get pre-selection, but then he became the Liberal candidate for the seat of Earlwood. That name has now changed. And that is in the inner west of Sydney. So it wasn't until 1985 that he actually begins his radio career. And that was at 2UE. And look, within a short time, he was phenomenally successful. And I think part of his success was that overwhelming self-belief, you know, the belligerence, the bullying. And I've spoken to, you know, people who've, who worked for him, you know, who said things like, I used to have to ring up the CEO of Qantas and get them to hold the plane because Alan Jones was running late. No one said no to Alan Jones. After I wrote my first story last week, 
I got a call from a former state minister who just said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he said, I was one of the ones that tried to stand up to Alan Jones. And he would go on air and just attack me, attack the policies. I was no good. I was hopeless. So basically, my liberal bosses got me in and said, you have to toe the line. You have to, whatever he wants, you do. And I thought, this is bad for democracy that some person, because he had a number one breakfast show, could hold such power and people were genuinely afraid of him. So was the suggestion by the state minister that you spoke to that Alan Jones bullied him on air because he tried to stand up to him? Yes, both. It was because he tried to stand up to him and also he wasn't doing what Alan Jones thought best. So he, you know, was obviously very successful. And then at the end of 2001, he signed a deal to switch from 2UE to 2GB. And he started there in early 2002. Now, at the time, about 50 journalists and camera crew turned up just to cover the announcement that he was starting there. Like this was huge news. This person, I mean, at this time, this was the largest media deal for an individual. And I think it was worth something like $40 million to Alan Jones over a seven-year period. And he ended up actually negotiating an ownership stake in 2GB. So, you know, he went on to win not consecutively, but, you know, more than 250 ratings victories. For all those years until he left the station in 2020, he was the most influential, feared person, you know, on the Australian media landscape. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about this because you've just taken us through how much power Alan Jones wielded for decades. But concurrently, there were rumours and allegations about Jones's inappropriate behaviour towards young men over many, many years. You mentioned that Alan Jones was the senior English master at the King's School, and that was in about 1970. And I know that Chris Masters, who you mentioned before, one of our colleagues, an investigative journalist, very renowned one, he wrote that book, Jonestown. And in that book, there was a former student student of Alan Jones, who I believe was something of a favorite. And in the book, the student said, you know, if you complained of a muscle strain, Jones would, quote, insist on strapping your legs. He would take you into the shower and tell you to take your clothes off. It was weird and uncomfortable and seemed voyeuristic, unquote. Now, our mess heads have not spoken to this student. This is what was reported in Chris Master's book. So what can you tell me about that time of his, I guess, at the King's School? Well, I think it's exactly as you said. He seems to have used his position of power, like one, to play favourites, but also to do things that if that happened today, like we're just looking at completely different times. But can you imagine what would happen Mm. if a sports teacher did those kind of things today. And at the time, people were uncomfortable about it. But rather than dealing with it, he was moved on. Which I think is a key part of what's come out of your investigation, which is that 
There's been allegations and rumours over the years, and it doesn't seem to have stopped his ascent. Of course, he went on to the Wallabies and obviously his famed broadcast career. So is it correct to say that his ascent to greater positions of power was never hampered or wasn't much hampered by allegations and rumours? And if that is the case, why so? Well, it's interesting that in 1988, when he was, you know, the number one rating show, he was arrested in a public toilet in London and charged with basically indecent behaviour. But those charges were later dropped. Now, Alan was on the front page of the papers. It was, you know, a big scandal and the charges were dropped. But he came back here and, you know, worried that it was going to have an impact on his career. But it didn't. Like it just seemed that nothing or no one ever stopped the steamroller that was Alan Jones. And I think in the end, though, it was the, you know, changing times, changing views that finally caught up with him because he eventually lost his job at 2GB basically because of misogynistic comments. And people might remember that back in 2012, he said of our then female Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, that she should be placed in a chaff bag and basically dumped at sea. Absolutely laughable. The woman's off her tree. And quite frankly, they should shove her and Bob Brown in a chaff bag and take them as far out to sea as they can and tell them to swim home. And then around the same time, he also said in a function somewhere Mm. that Julia Gillard's father, who had just died, no doubt died of shame because of his daughter. In 2019, when Jacinda Ardern was the Prime Minister of New Zealand and Scott Morrison was the Prime Minister here in Australia, on air, Alan Jones suggested that Scott Morrison should take a sock and shove it down the throat of Jacinda Ardern and that, you know, she should have a couple of backhanders. He's a clown, Jacinda Ardern, a complete clown. I just wonder whether Scott Morrison's going to be fully briefed to shove a sock down the throat. I mean, she is a joke, this woman. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Advertisers fled in droves. So it was more that it was a commercial decision, like with $20 million worth of advertising having picked themselves up and moved elsewhere, I think that 2GB, who was by then owned by the Nine Entertainment, of which we are part, I think they made the commercial decision that he needs to move on. Okay, so that was a few years ago. So now I guess it's safe to say he's no longer at the height of his power. And then, of course, last week, your investigation into Alan Jones revealed that four men have alleged that he used his position of power to indecently assault, grope or inappropriately touch them without their consent. So do you think these allegations could change Jones's legacy possibly forever? I think absolutely. And it was interesting that uh, one of the people that I spoke to, whose name was Bradley Webster, and he was Alan Jones's driver and worked at 2GB... One of the things that he was most passionate about was, I don't want Alan Jones to die and for people to not know what he did 
to powerless people like me throughout his career. And he said, I don't want him to have a state funeral where prime ministers come along and sing his praises. I want people to know the real Alan Jones. We'll be right back. So, Kate, you have uncovered allegations against Alan Jones by four men. What are they about? They're basically about Alan Jones using his position of power to take advantage of them, to, you know, grab their, in some cases, to grab their penises, to, you know, hold their, you know, their bottoms, to to kiss them. And these things form a pattern of alleged indecent assault. Good evening. He was arguably once Australia's most powerful and influential broadcaster. But tonight, Alan Jones is at the centre of accusations he indecently assaulted several young men. The 82-year-old has denied the allegations, uncovered in an investigation... And indecent assault is unwanted sexual touching, which also includes kissing. And under the New South Wales Crimes Act, it is a criminal offence. I think it is really a He Too movement, because as one of the people in my story said, can you imagine if a 20-year-old woman had that happened to her by a 65-year-old man in a lift, and I'm talking about pinning somebody up against the wall of the lift and passionately kissing somebody on the mouth with no, it just was not consensual, there would be an outcry. So with Alan Jones, it's about the power imbalance. And we have recently done a story about a 17-year-old schoolboy from Wollongong. And Alan Jones was kindly helping his family. And as Alan Jones said to them in an email, you're down and out and I'm helping you. You're down and out. So here is this poor family that Alan is helping and then invites the 17-year-old boy to his farm at Fitzroy Falls. And then the 17-year-old alleges that at the end of the evening, when they're both about to retire to their separate bedrooms, Alan Jones basically pounces on the kid, allegedly kisses him passionately on the mouth and holds his backside. And the boy, like, you know, as he said to me, going through my mind is, oh, what will happen to my mum? Will he say I want all my help back? What will he do to us if I scream or I complain? And he actually, in some statements to police, he said, I went into the bathroom, I got a loofah, I got soap on it, I scrubbed the inside and outside of my mouth. And, you know, to his credit, he told somebody at his school, the education department, as mandatory reporters called the police, the police did talk to him. They took a statement. But again, and this is no criticism of the police whatsoever, because in claims where you where you are make, making claims of indecent assault, it's your word against somebody else's. And the reality of the situation was Alan Jones would hire the best lawyers in the land you are a 17-year-old boy if you are before a jury. Who is going to win that battle? So the police were very insistent on getting a statement so that down the track, 
if further allegations came to light, they could look at tendency. So, I mean, it's interesting that there was actually a um, a police complaint, mm. you know, much before the reporting of our story. Can you tell me why these men who have made the allegations have come forward now and what the process was like for them? Speaking to these people, for instance, you know, we spoke to a um, a waiter at a restaurant in Kayama who just said, I'm, you know, I'm a 22-year-old waiter. I am a nobody. And Alan Jones is in my restaurant a bit drunk and thinks it's absolutely okay to come, you know, basically grab my grab me by the you know private parts you know hold on to me as though i was nothing and then when he went to leave to hand me a 20 dollar note and say keep the tip it's all yours and he said i'm nobody who am i who is going to believe me making such an allegation about one of Australia's most powerful men. And and that was the common refrain from the people that I spoke to. Even now, some people have come forward saying, I want to tell you what happened to me, but I don't want you to use my story. I'm still frightened of repercussions. And how has Alan Jones responded to your investigation? As you can expect, full-on legal threats. We're going to sue you. This is outrageous. It's false and defamatory. And of course, I would never have done any of these things. And look, to be honest, no one likes to get those those letters. You know, it's it's quite stressful doing these stories. But in the back of your mind, you say, I'm doing this for those people in my story who did not have a voice. So you have to sort of keep focused and keep thinking, There is a reason why we are giving these people a voice. So what do you think will happen now? I don't know what will happen now. And I just want to apologise to all those hundreds of people who have sent me emails. I will follow them all up. There's um, there's some very important information in them. Um, I just haven't got through them all yet. There's been so many. And among them are allegations, further allegations? There are further allegations. And they are only allegations. We don't want to prejudge somebody without doing our due diligence on following up whether we can stand up some of the things that we have received. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for joining us. My pleasure, Sam. Today's episode of Please Explain was produced by Chi Wong. Our executive producer is Ruby Schwartz. Please Explain is a production of The Age and the City Morning Herald, If you enjoy the show and want more of our journalism, subscribe to our newspapers today. It's the best way to support what we do. Search The Age or smh.com.au forward slash subscribe. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris. This is Please Explain. Thanks for listening.